So I intend to continue my Bible study for a moment so that we can gather the truth of God's word. Amen. Sometimes we need to stop straight preaching and teach, establish the people of God in doctrine. Amen. Someone sent me an email from the audience. I read it this morning. So I want to respond to the questions that were in the email before I bring one or two things down. Amen. If I understood the email properly, the, the individual was uh, saying that there is no justification in the scriptures to uh, insinuate that every believer in Jesus Christ should speak in tongues. There is no justification about that in scripture. So uh, we will look at that uh, briefly. Now, so the person is, is that's the angle from whence the person is coming. That uh, uh, I think there is a little misunderstanding that the person has, and that little misunderstanding is responsible for a lot of uh, person is missing out on a lot of goodies in the kingdom. Now, first of all, let us establish something quickly. Amen. Speaking in an unknown tongue is different from speaking in diverse tongues. Hallelujah. When you give your life to Christ, are you with me? Please stay with me. Okay. When you give your life to Christ, something significant happened. And what happened, there is no natural means that we can deduce what happened. But on the account of what happened, there are several fruits that your recreated human spirit will begin to bear eventually, which is a proof that something has happened. Are you with me? Good. When you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, something happened. And there is also an evidence to show that something had happened. Every spiritual experience you come into, there are evidences to show that you have entered into those experiences that are visible for all eyes to see. Are you with me? And so I need to show you the difference between speaking in an unknown tongue, which is the initial evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit, and also speaking in diverse tongues, which is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Whereas in 1 Corinthians 14, where the context is about the unknown tongue, you will find Paul say that I will pray in the spirit. That means she can pray in an unknown tongue when he wills. But you cannot operate in diverse tongues when you will. If you are going to operate in diverse tongues, it's going to be as the spirit will. So, have you seen the difference? That there are two different things. Hallelujah. If you speak in an unknown tongue, there is no interpretation for that which you speak. 
Because the nature of an unknown tongue has characteristics which I will show you. It's when you speak under the unction of diverse tongues that an interpretation can come from what you speak. Now, so the subject of First Corinthians chapter 14 uh, is a subject with two emphases. The first emphasis is the need for edification. And the second emphasis is the need for order. That's the subject of the book of First Corinthians chapter 14. So let's get back to the Bible. Hallelujah. If you are going to be an establisher of doctrine, are you with me? Oh my. In order for you to handle doctrine properly, well, for those of you in, in the Bible school, in the regular course, you are welcome. Because your, your induction into handling doctrine, doctrine, first of all, we'll do an entire overview of the Bible. Then we'll now focus on the new covenant. You will see the difference between the old and the new. And then we'll now see the pillars of the new covenant. If you know those, then the superstructure will be easy for you to couple. You can actually know everything that the Bible is saying. Everything. The reason why he gave us the Bible is because he wants us to understand. If you are diligent enough, you can know everything that is in the Bible. The message is passing across to us. You can know it. All we have to do in addition to what you know is that we bring revelation from the Bible. Revelation is a disclosure that a man that just studies may not stumble upon to see. Do you understand that? So we can bring revelation to you and you can judge that revelation by other scriptures that are available to you and you know that this person is speaking the mind of God. Because the way we judge preaching with your teaching is through the counsel of God, the whole counsel of God as enshrined in the word of God. And that time must come in the body of Christ where we judge the things that we hear. But there's so many things flying around. We need to adopt the Berean culture of studying our scripture after we hear a message that is strange to verify if such a message is accurate. Hallelujah. So because someone can be moved by a good opinion, a good idea, a good philosophy, and that may not be according to Christ. You should be able to know because you are a student of the Bible. Are you still with me? Alright. Let's, let's do this thing. Now, so I said that in setting the doctrinal outlay for 1 Corinthians chapter 14, you are going to see the first few verses uh, actually emphasizes the need for edification. I think that's where that brother... Uh, got it wrong bro okay the person will not be bold enough to identify but he stumbled on my email address so I need to respond now let me show you a few things quickly um, 1 Corinthians 14 we'll do 2 to 4 we'll do 14 to 15 we'll do 18 to 19 we'll do 22 and then we'll do 39 40 now, I picked those verses because those verses speak directly on the subject. Then you will be able to decipher uh, the emphasis at each point. So let's take the first block. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2 to 4. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. 
For no man understandeth him. How be it? In the spirit is because mysteries. The first thing about the unknown tongue that Paul wants us to understand is it is spoken in a language that is superior to human understanding. Are you with me? Hallelujah. It is spoken what? In a language that is what? Superior to human understanding. Now, in this First Corinthians 14, you are going to see when Paul says, I, it is my desire for all of you to speak in tongues. If Paul knew that all the believers did not have the potential to receive the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues, he would not have made that statement. And so, if you decide not to receive the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I assure you, if you are a very ardent Christian, you fulfill only 10% of your, of your destiny. That's if you are exceptionally ardent. And I want you to understand that you have wasted time, bro. Or, sister, anybody that sent me that mail, your life is, um, well, Baba will help. Baba will help. That's why he's Baba. God knows that in order for us to interact in the realm of the supernatural, you need to have a supernatural vocabulary. A vocabulary that transcends the capacity of your thinking faculty. A vocabulary that can do interact, communicate, transact, demand accurately according to the will of God. And that level of civilization is beyond human capacity. And so God gave us that access for effective transaction in the realm of the spirit. And that access is captured in this great gift of God that is imparted into us when we get baptized in the Holy Spirit. We have the ability to communicate what? Mysteries. Deeper than what your mind can handle. The communication is deeper than what you can create. It's the Spirit of God inside of you that is responsible for the utterance that comes out to sponsor and sustain such communication for the purposes of interaction, transaction in the realm of the Spirit. There are times that even God, through His Spirit, gives you utterances that are tongues of angels. Mm -mm. Because Paul says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, it is possible by the Spirit to utter tongues of angels. If you go to Kano and you begin to speak the tongue of the house man, the house man can understand you and relate with you. If you begin to speak tongues of angels, you can communicate to angels and relate with them on the, at that level. And that is an enablement that you don't, you don't acquire by going to Benue State University. The fact that you, you, you tarried long in philosophy department <laughs> doesn't give you such ability. But God knows that because of our status as man in the enterprise of God, our status, our designation in the realm of the spirit requires that we will, should be able to transact in angelic realms in divine realms and so in order for us to answer our name accurately god gave us an ability through the impartation of his grace so that we can utter things that befits our status in the realm of the spirit and that is beyond our humanity it's beyond what you were taught is beyond what you can learn it is given the utterances come via the holy ghost himself are you with me i just wanted to Show us the difference between 
That's the first thing about an unknown tongue. It is a mystery. Your understanding is going to be practically unfruitful when you utter it. You are going to see that the apostles burden in the first segment of First Corinthians chapter 14 is the need for edification in the body of Christ. Are you still with me? The need for what? And that is not my interpretation. That is what is there. And if we read it together, you see the sequence. If you want to be a good custodian of doctrine, don't have an opinion. All right? Just be free of free yourself of an opinion. And then just go into the scriptures and find out the spirit of the book. Hallelujah. Was it Paul that said that we are able ministers of the new covenant? Not according to the letter, but according to the spirit. For the letter killeth. It is the spirit that giveth life. It connects us to the very life source of the utterances that we read about. It connects you to the very element of reality that made the prophet to prophesy. And his prophecy was documented. So you go beyond the prophecy to connect with the element that powered the prophecy. Are you still with me? All right. I know the person that sent the mail will not respond publicly because the person wanted to be anonymous. So we will not ask for you, but let's do Bible study. Hallelujah. Now, so you will see that there, there's a need. And the need that Paul wanted to reveal to us was the need for edification in the body of Christ. So if I'm speaking in tongues, I'm speaking directly to God. Are you with me? In the spirit, I'm accurate. In the spirit, I'm in alignment. In the spirit, I'm communicating well to God. Now, can we pick that scripture from another translation? Please help us. Help us quickly. I hope you are not tired of doctrine. We have to be opening the scriptures because the reason why we are doing this and we'll continue to do it for as long as we need to do it is because there is no more doctrine in the body of Christ. It's, we have messages, but doctrine is lacking. So let's establish doctrine. All right? Let's establish it so that the believers can be built. Can you help us with that scripture from another, another translation of the Bible? 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. Please. Oh, you don't have a translation. All right, let me. Okay, Amplify. Amplified is a precursor of King James Version. Sit down. American Standard Version is a precursor of King James Version. NIV is another version. All those ones are the same version. King James was interpreted from front to back. NIV was interpreted from back to front. Uh, that one is for Bible school people. It's not for normal preaching. When you come to Bible school, then we now invert the Bible. Then you see the philosophy of NIV. New living. Well, all right. Go on. We don't know the root of that one. We're still trying to find out. Meanwhile, 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 NIV, in NIV, there are 17 verses are missing. And 464 words are missing. Hmm? 6,000 uh, uh, some words. 6,000 and some. Uh, uh, okay. Don't worry. I need to go back to my books. Uh, when we teach on perversion, we will now bring all the translations we have 
and then we'll now see how much the devil has attacked the truth but not today now we need to do all these things because the spirit of the antichrist has taken over the stage so that the average believer will be equipped with the needed discernment to follow god accurately because even the bible itself has been plundered so but we'll look into that when the time comes please pastor dan you remind me we are going to do a teaching on perversion then we'll start with the bible then you now discover that even though it, look, it sounds old school but in my own opinion the only accurate bible that is on it is king james version sorry sorry if i broke your heart but all right yes okay uh, okay please listen let's speak that scripture so we are going to be liberal for today and uh, when we come and talk about perversion we are not going to be liberal that day he, uh, he who when speaking uses okay all right let's manage it he who when speaking uses the gift of tongues is speaking not to men but to god for no one understands him yet in the spirit he is speaking of hidden truths mysteries yes so using that capacity using that gift we are able to sustain communication at a level that is not human all right you sustain communication at a level that is not human now most of you are looking at what i'm saying and you're saying oh no you see when we come into spiritual business you will see how futile human language and human communication is and that is the reason why the witch must perfect the way of incantation and enchantment now what incantation is is giving instruction to demons why does why is it that they don't use Steve language to do do incantation the language is weak it's weak it doesn't have sufficient vocabulary to engage the spirit realm may the lord give you understanding in the name of jesus and so god wants us to be able to participate on a scale and in a realm that transcends our human capacity and and this reality was given to us as a gift which is the initial evidence of the infilling of the holy spirit so there's a difference between an unknown tongue and the gift of diverse tongue. Are you with me? Now, so we are going to differentiate that. Uh, and okay, I can hear somebody talk. It says, I can hear somebody's thoughts. The person say, Pastor, uh, that he has seen a witch that spoke something that looked like tongues before. So this one that I'm promoting tongues, how will I be able to design? If a witch comes and begins to speak in tongues, how can I differentiate that tongues that comes from a witch uh, from the real tongues that comes from the Holy Spirit? Hallelujah. I hope you know the Bible speaks about soothsayers. Prophets prophesy, soothsayers give diviners, people that operate with the spirit of divination, give soothsayings. So, soothsaying is a relative or prophecy something that looks like prophecy that comes from the spirit of divination are you with me now in every move of god the the devil tries to masquerade the things that god does and if you are a true bible student you will see that um lucifer had a lot of experience in the realm of god and that is why he is capable of mimicking some of the things that god does 
Are you with me? He may mix a lot of it. I was on YouTube and I was... An old preacher was lamenting. What was the lamentation all about? In the 80s, there was this woman that was a practitioner of witchcraft. And she, she was doing, giving soothsayings. And they believed she was a prophet. In the 80s. Early 80s. Right? 82, 81. She was doing that. And then some heavy prophets and intercessors came from the cave. And came to the same fellowship. And as the woman was operating that thing, those guys picked it and they saw that it was divination. And she confessed in the 80s. If you go back to YouTube now, she's one of the leading prophets in the U.S. She's back. Because every time there's a revival, it's massive. And the devil uh, suffers colossal damages. So the only way to hinder what God is doing is to infiltrate it. And so we have satanic replicas of that which God can do. But that is not a problem. And that's why there's a gift called the gift of discernment of spirit. If a witch speaks in tongues here, all of you will know. Because that person is asking from his thoughts, he's asking, how will we know? Oh, you don't need to be taught. Just like you were not taught your, how to hear your father's voice. If you hear a witch speak in tongues, you will know. Just like if people masquerade, maybe the spirit of prophecy is here, some people are prophesying, and somebody begins to prophesy, and it's not God, you will know. Because I, I catch some of them. When, when the service ends, I, I call them and say, don't, don't, we are not acting. Don't. But you don't know, but I normally do that check. I walk behind the scene. I lo locate the people. God was not talking. <laughs> now, we need to do that not because we want to demean the people. Because every time God is moving, there is always a counterfeit that the devil brings alongside. The fact that witches speak in tongues is not a reason for us not to speak if God gives us utterance. I know all those religious positions. Okay, witches too speak. You have not finished. Witches do other things that you are not aware of. Hallelujah. Now, so, you see, the Paul, Paul was trying to, the emphasis that he was bringing was edification. And because when you speak in an unknown tongue, you are speaking to God, you are speaking accurately. In the spirit, you are speaking hidden things. All right? Are you with me? But no one can understand you. That's the problem. And if we are in a congregation like this, and maybe I just come to the pulpit, and I begin to speak in tongues for as long as I'm supposed to preach. Maybe I'm supposed to preach for two hours, and I speak in tongues for two hours, and we say, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, you did not profit from that. So it's time to tell us that speaking in tongues is good. But there's something that is better for congregational worship. And prophecy is better for congregational worship than just speaking in tongues. Because people will not understand what you're saying. Uh, he was not saying that when we lead prayer in church, we should not speak in tongues. Because if I am leading the prayer point, I will tell you what we will pray about. Then everybody can decide how he attacks it. And me, I like, I feel at home when I speak in tongues. When we believe that, that the prayer errand has been met and we feel a sense of release in our spirit, we bring another prayer point. Now, so he was trying to talk about the need for edification. That was why he emphasized prophecy as against speaking in an unknown tongue that doesn't open the liver 
of edification in his protocol. Number two, Paul said, when you speak in a diverse tongue and you interpret it, it becomes equal to prophecy. And so he's soliciting for interpretation just in case there is diverse tongues coming to the congregation. Because of the need for edification, there's a need for that tongue to be interpreted. The diverse tongue is not a prayer. It's not a prayer language. It's not an internal mechanism to generate power. Diverse tongues is an utterance that has leaked out of heaven. And it came in a language that human beings cannot understand. It also comes with an unction alongside it. So that somebody that has the gift of prophecy. Or somebody that is going to be brought into the gift of prophecy. Can receive the interpretation of that diverse tongue that has come into the congregation. And note that the emphasis is what? Edification. Now come with me. Let's look at it. No, Paul was such a balanced, such a wonder. Was a wonder. Such a wonder. Very, very iconic man. And I'm wondering what God did to raise such a man at that time. Hallelujah. All right, let's do it again. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. That's number one. Uh, but he that prophesies speaketh unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. So, uh, speaking in an unknown tongue is contrasted with speaking by prophecy. And these are the basics of prophecy. So when we want to do introduction to prophecy, we need to come to the scripture and you see the nature of prophecy. Prophecy fundamentally, basic operation of the gift of prophecy speaks to men to edification, to exhortation, and to comfort. We don't have time to analyze those three factors. But most of you know what I'm talking about. So it will be so much of a trouble to enter into that verse when most of you have experienced and worked in what I'm talking about. So in order for us to jump that verse, we need to ask, what is exhortation? What is exhortation? Onyeka. Now, this is a classroom. Anytime we do our Bible study, you are at liberty to speak. It's not straight preaching. So what is exhortation? Give him the microphone. Exhortation is a, is a message directed at the people. And it's meant to build confidence on their hearts. Glory to God. That's 100%. Glory. The purpose of exhortation is the building of what? Hallelujah. And you know, once and again, you are in your adventure in life, you will need help. You will need your confidence to be built. The first time I was going, traveling out for international ministry, I was afraid. I don't know why I was afraid, but I was afraid. Um, should I say something? We are not superstars. We are not superstars. If there's anybody that is, is a superstar, his name is Jesus. If you study the uh, records of the apostle critically, you'll find out that there were times where he was afraid. When he trembled. And he did not hide his fear from his disciples. They saw his humanity. And they also saw him under the influence of the anointing. Are you with me? Now, don't ever think that because you are anointed, you are not human. 
There were times when Paul, they had to drop him with a basket to escape death. You would have asked, where was the Holy Ghost? That day he was not moving. <laughs> Amen. Don't have an estimation of yourself that is presumptuous. Okay? Just be cool. Be humble. Don't have an agenda. And work with God. Uh, so that the day you need to run, you will run. And you will not be ashamed that you ran. Because you can be so proud and God can say, today I won't come. The way out today is run. <laughs> May you be wise enough to make the move that day. In the name of Jesus. I believe it's easier for us if we are simple. If you are simple, you can board an Okada. And you are okay. For six years, I was blowing Okadas in Lagos and Marwa. Somebody came to my house for counseling. After the counseling, I was escorting the person with my office bag. And I just stopped. Keke. And the person was ashamed for me. <laughs> Not for himself. Ashamed for who? Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Separate who you are from the, who you are by the anointing. The temperament you carry under the anointing. Separate it from and be free. Hallelujah. You don't need to. Maybe you must always enter a jeep. You are, you are a slave. You are a slave. Be free. Sometimes park your car at home and stroll. Take bus and just be free. Relieve yourself from driving. One day, switch your phone off and throw it away. And, and leave that day without a call. May the Lord give us real freedom. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. But what we call success and big manism is actually bondage. Bondage that is terrible. Bondage that is wicked. As much as possible, we avoid that. That's not our mission. Our mission is the business of souls. And that's what we'll do. And we'll focus on that and we'll do that diligently. In the name of Jesus. If we fly in a jet to Jamaica, maybe that's the fastest way to get there. That's why we're flying. We're not flying because we're big men. We're flying because we're on a mission. If we find ourselves in South Africa, we are there because they need us. We are not there because maybe huh, you are going international. It doesn't make sense. A tourist doesn't need your kind of campaigns to go around the world. <laughs> now let's trivialize everything and put the mission ahead in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. All right. So what did Paul say? What's that verse? Verse what? Verse 3. Come again with verse 3, please. Flash it on the screen. You see, that's the difference. In, in prophecy, there's edification. In, and ed edification means the church is built up. As I'm teaching now, you're understanding the ways of God. You are built up. Tomorrow, if somebody comes with a perspective that is contrary to scripture, say no. Because you were built up, it will be difficult for the gates of hell to prevail. And the church is going to be, be, be built. The church will not just appear by a miracle. It will be built. Upon this rock, I will what? It's deliberate. But when that church becomes functional in the territory, it shuts down the gates of hell. And so part of the building that is required is establishment in the truth of the doctrines of the word of God. So in prophecy, there's edification. So I wanted to go out for international ministry, but I was afraid. You see, what I needed at that point was what? 
There's a word you use. Huh? Something that builds confidence. A prophecy is very critical. In fact, Paul said that every believer should be able to operate in the gift of prophecy. So I don't know if God will give you the gift of healing. I don't know if God will give you the, the gift of faith. But God, through his spirit, will give all of us the gift of prophecy. Every single... No, not, it's not a prayer. That's the Bible. Every single believer, according to Paul, should operate in the gift of prophecy. And just in case you don't know which gift you have, <laughs> you have prophecy. <laughs> now, because the need to encourage people abounds every day. The need to build people up abounds every day. They need to bring the perspective of God about the situation. It abounds every day. Because human life is an affliction. Hence the need of, for prophecy. And the emphasis of Paul in that particular chapter is edification. So Paul is saying we should excel with the desire to edify. Not just to edify ourselves, but to edify the church. Because the Bible says that the gifts of the Spirit are given unto everyone to profit with all. That word profit with all means to profit others. And so we should, we should excel in the desire to edify. Not just to edify ourselves, but to edify others. In that context, prophecy is superior to speaking in an unknown tongue. Is that clear? Right. I'm not saying prophecy can do the work of, for which an unknown tongue does. But in the context of the need for edification, prophecy is greater than speaking in an unknown tongue. So speaking in an unknown tongue is the initial evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Every believer has the right to that great blessing of God. And there are many things that will break out in your life on the account of that great blessing. And Paul in this scripture gave us an admonition as a church of Jesus that we should not despise prophesying. He also said we should not despise tongues. And so he did not speak against it. He actually promoted it. But he, he gave us an understanding for the need for what? Edification. And in that context, prophecy is superior to speaking in an unknown tongue. Hallelujah. Now, so when you speak in an unknown tongue, you are edifying yourself. When you speak in an unknown tongue, you are communicating at a level that is beyond your humanity. That's second point. Uh, see, when you speak in an unknown tongue, your spirit is praying. That's what the Bible says. Turn with me. Let's go to verse 14 quickly. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. But my understanding is unfruitful. So in verse 14, we see that when you speak in an unknown tongue, uh, your spirit is praying. That means we can say, when you speak in an unknown tongue, you're actually using a prayer language. It's a language. So speaking in an unknown tongue is a prayer language. Even though it is a gift from the spirit, it's not one of the gifts of the spirit is a gift from the spirit, but is not one of the nine gifts of the spirit. The nine gifts of the spirit. Uh, okay, when we go further, you will see that. Where are we now? See. We praise what? When we speak in an unknown tongue, our spirit prays. 
Then Paul did not stop there. He said, speaking in an unknown tongue is a sign to unbelievers. But it is prophecy that is a sign to believers. He said that in the scripture. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Amen. I remember those days, I used to speak in tongues in my room. And one guy now came and said that he could also speak in tongues. That we are just faking people. I said, that's good. I gave him a stool and I sat close to him and I began to speak in tongues. He started doing something. He, his own finished in three minutes. And I continued. I said, don't, don't leave, don't leave. I continued for 30 minutes. I, no, you wanted to? No, I said, no, no. You, you talk. It is natural for you to talk to human beings. It is supernatural for you to talk to spirits. Mm. So that day he was convinced. It was a sign to him that he didn't have the ability to do what I was doing. And so the Bible says, speaking in an unknown tongue, it's a sign to unbelievers. It is prophecy that is a sign to what? Now, you see, you know, we spoke about signs the other day. We spoke about miracle, sign, and wonder. What is a sign? Hallelujah. What is a sign? Anyway, for your information, this is, I have decided to be dwelling on doctrine now. Eh? Went to minister's conference. I just discovered there's no doctrine in the body of Christ. No doctrine. Senior ministers. Oh. I told, I told, I, I rededicated my life to, to, to doctrine. Hallelujah. Please don't be tired of doctrine. Sometimes you can run for five hours. Don't be tired. We are building something in your life. And you will see the result. In the name of Jesus. What is a sign? Hallelujah. Yes, what's a sign? A sign is a pointer. A pointer. A pointer. That's 70% correct. But you did not... If you, if you have added a pointer to something, it will be 100% correct. If it's a pointer. Is it pointing to heaven or pointing where? It's pointing to something. And so when the Bible says speaking in tongues, it's a sign to unbelievers. It's pointing... It's pointing unbelievers to the fact that I'm not doing this naturally. If you like, try it. You'll find out you can't sustain it. So it's a sign that God, something supernatural, is responsible for my operation. Right? Prophecy is a sign pointing to the fact that God is in our midst. You understand that? And you know, it's always reassuring when the gift of prophecy goes out accurately, it gives, it builds the confidence of people. Have you been in a church before and there has been no prophecy for the past five years? Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. No prophecy. You know the hymn by heart. You know everything by heart. The order of service. You know what will happen next. Uh, okay, now, now you're coming. You're coming around now. Uh, you see, in that church is a church of men. The Holy Ghost is not in charge. That's why it's like that. We can go into the same service. Are you with me? We go into the same service and preach the Lord's message. And sing the Lord's song. And dance the dance of the angels. And suddenly there will be a manifestation. But when men are in charge, 
It's only men you will see. I speak in parables. I speak in parables. I mean no harm. I mean no harm. Alright? But a healthy congregation once and again should have the gift of prophecy pop out. When the gift of prophecy begins to pop out, which is the first emphasis, the need for edification, then another problem naturally becomes surfaces, which is the problem of order, order and control. Well, somebody can prophesy this one, prophesy, prophesy, and then we are in a mess. And so he gave regulations as to how prophecy should be conducted in the service so that instead of disorderliness, we have order and articulation. So the next part of First Corinthians chapter 14 emphasizes regulations to bring about order and what? And articulation. You get that? Oh, you are not here. That's why I said somebody was prophesying and he was lying. So I had to go and speak to the person outside and say, God, if I do it here, the person will be demeaned. Alright? And that's not the intention. And when I did it outside, the person was happy that I did not do it inside. But the person has learned. And the person doesn't give fake ones again, even though the person still prophesies. I know the person has a gift of prophecy, but that day, wanted to shine. And Baba was not involved. There must be regulation. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. If it's true, you heard it, say it. But what I'm saying, some people who don't hear anything, they just say, hey, Frank can talk. Oi. It's wonderful. The world of the spirit. Wonderful. And I believe something. Hallelujah. I believe something. That there's a way we can walk with the Holy Spirit congregationally, and we'll see things beyond what we have been seeing now. Now, the depths of God uh, are beyond the things that we know. But if we can congregationally align, there are dimensions of God we we'll begin to see, and God has promised that, that he will bless us with further dimensions, that we have managed this one properly. So further dimensions are going to come. And I assure you, a time we come, we will see physical things, Mark my words. Physical things will come out from the spirit realm. Physical. I've seen some of them in my, in my privacy. Right? Praying like that. And then a light now appears. And there was no Nepal light. And the light was there for 25 minutes. Yes. I've seen that. So I, when the light appeared, I knew that God was so close to me. I said, ah, Jesus. But that, that light has never appeared here. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, cloven tongues as a fire appeared on them. It's possible for us to. Things come from the realm of the spirit and they are visible for all men to see. And it is a sign pointing to the fact that God is in our midst. And so the second problem now finds expression when we begin to allow the liberty of the spirit. There's a need for regulation so that uh, our openness to spirit things will not bring about disorderliness because God is not the author of confusion. You know, Let me, let's do 14 so that I can I can show that brother or that sister something. Oh, 15. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit. Now, oh yeah, no, 14 first because if we jump here it will be difficult to establish the point. He said, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayed, 
But my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit. What does it mean to pray with the Spirit? Praying in an unknown tongue. Now, notice that he's saying, I will pray. I will. Me, myself, will decide to pray. With my spirit. That means... The gift of the unknown tongue is the only gift that we have received from the Holy Spirit that you cannot pray by yourself, by your will. Meanwhile, the gift of diverse tongues, you cannot operate it by your will. It will come spontaneously as the spirit wills. So these are two different matters. So that brother is confusing the gift of diverse tongues for an unknown tongue. And I want to tell you, brother, you are light years behind. Embrace the Holy Ghost in this service and move on in the name of Jesus. Because the brother also highlighted, okay, how will we know if one, somebody is speaking witchcraft tongue? We will know. Just like Paul knew. That that woman was not prophesying, but she was, she was giving soothsayings. Meanwhile, doctrinally, what she was saying could not be wronged. It fulfilled all the requirements of prophecy. But it was not the statement that was wrong. It was the spirit behind the statement that was wrong. So there's a difference between truth and true. True and truth are different. And when we go into the college of discernment, you will see what is true and what is truth. And it is by truth that we judge things. Even things that claim to be true. When we judge them by truth, we can find out that the spirits that utter them do not have a covenant with the realm from whence that utterance came. So even though the utterance is true, we still arrest the, the spirit that uttered it. He spoke it illegally. It did not come from God. May the Lord give you understanding. There's a minister that ministers in Lagos. Most of you like watching him on Strong's. I even saw him on DSTV yesterday. Uh, the guy speaks true, but it's not truth. And it's true. If you hear it with your ear, there's nothing wrong with what he's saying doctrinally. He's speaking like talking like every other preacher. But you see, uh, what he's talking there doesn't have the mandate to talk like that. And the only reason why that thing is talking like that is because he's trying to deceive somebody. And if you are not careful and you are not trained to discern, you will yield to that person and accept his ministry. And the first law of the spirit that I told you is what? If you yield yourself as a servant to obey something, you become a servant of that thing. So many of us have been implicated by watching that so-called man of God. Meanwhile, the spirit by which he's operating is not the spirit of Jesus. Most of you, the things we cast out from you when you come here is those television, those things you watch, that you come down with bondages because you were not able to decipher the difference between truth and true. Okay, just for your information, I was talking about TB Joshua. Because you are thinking, you are in, in, it's TB, I'm talking, TB Joshua. He lost his privacy when he became a pastor. So we can talk about him. I mention his name. Because he is... What's his name? Fatai. He's a Muslim. He was a trained sorcerer. In the days of his Daosa, he was still practicing sorcery. It was, that was the time he started coming, doing this thing. So, no. 
go and find out who trained him. And if you cannot trace a man to a man, he's traced to the devil. Unfortunately. Oh, some of you are his fans, have you? That's why I'm talking now. The whole place, there's no amen. There's body. There's body. Well, you can continue. You and your household can be submitted to it. And after 10 years, we'll come and check you. If the products that are coming from your life is according to the prescription of the scriptures. You can use your life as an experiment. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> Others will learn through you. But I have moved on. I have moved on. <laughs> Hallelujah. I have moved on. I have moved on. So at some point, there will be a need for us to establish order if we allow the liberty of the spirit. And that's where the maturity of the apostolic finds expression. Establishing order why we allow the spirit, the liberty to express himself. Now, because of the lack of apostolic wisdom on how to establish order in an environment where the liberty of the spirit is given, because of that, a lot of people have shut down charismatic things, Holy Ghost things, in order to maintain order carnally. But what is the admonition? In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, huh? verse 39, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 39. What does it say? Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy, desire it, and forbid not to what? Speak with tongue. Then he added something there in verse 40. Next verse, please. Let all things be done decently and in order. You see, that's apostolic order. So there's no, no problem. Desire to prophesy. He was encouraging them to prophesy. In fact, he said, all of you can prophesy. But we're going to do it how? Decently and we'll do it in order. There, those days there used to be one lady in Abuja. When she's prophesying, she'll fall first. It's, it's a lie. Don't fall. It's not that prophecy that made you fall. No, it's. So I saw her fall. They fall in. Now, and that's not suspicion. She fell in the flesh. The prophecy was true, but she fell in the flesh. So I, after the service, I called her. I said, don't fall again. <laughs> so she said, yes. And from that day, she stopped falling. <laughs> we just act drama in the flesh, attract attention. That's not how it should be done. It should be done decently. If God speaks to you, you can even write it down and send it. Ah, you fall first. And before we recover from the fall, 30 minutes has gone. I said, all right. Don't fall. I was very serious, but I laughed. Don't fall again. <laughs> you need apostolic maturity to establish order. Lest the next thing you will do is to shut down those dimensions of God. And then the congregation becomes dry and weary. The spirits of men become lean. And when we shut out the Holy Ghost like that, what is left for people to see? Men. God forbid that we see men. Amen. Hallelujah. He said everything should be done decently and in order. Just like I said the other time that nobody should bring their phone. That's why ushers normally hold something there. Switch off your handset. That's order. Order starts from the door. But people enter into the service for two hours and the phone is there. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. 
my practice except today that there has been no light and i know there'll be life here so i gave them my phone to charge and it's off if not i don't even bring my phone to church because in the house of god there should be order order will now give us the opportunity only to see jesus only to see god and if we are to prophesy the bible admonishes that we should do so as oracles of god we should not talk if god did not give us a word so that at the end of the day what people will see is god and so the admonition is what let it be done decently and what in order i want somebody to read something to us okay please listen jude there's something he captured there's a prophecy he received shared with me it's an accurate prophecy i'd like us to listen to it now some prophecies have a broad revelatory nature you know prophecies are of different kinds there's some prophecies that are broad that carry a broad revelatory nature like if we go to the book of luke chapter one you will see a prophecy that is revelatory in nature right i don't have time to go into that but this one is revelatory and it's from god please read to us god. hallelujah actually it's, it's in one of the one of the contacts uh as we are worshiping god god began to speak some things to me and uh i just wrote them down all right amen so the lord said that he has a reason yep he has a reason to lead his army this time the enemy cannot stop it say so he's leading this army himself his church has been defeated several times but this time they will not be defeated anymore say so for i am the lord of hosts and i have come to bring judgment the prince of this world is already judged fear not my children march forth that is march forward i will not leave you nor forsake you says the lord of hosts this revival will be breaking forth in many parts of nigeria it will stream into one the church will be united the remnant will indeed take root and bear fruit upward with great signs and wonders following i will not fail you in your pursuit of the kingdom realities i will reveal myself my power my glory and my glory to you like rivers sorry I'll take it again i will reveal myself my power and my glory to you like never before just follow me with all your heart let no one turn back for i have gone ahead of you i will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it the lord of hosts is my name and i will keep you to the end and right there i also saw that the lord has a reason and he stretched forth his scepter he stretched forth his scepter in his hand and he was riding upon a horse and numerous angels were accompanying him and he gave an instruction that we should prepare for war amen i just wanted also to capture that it is from god